Do you know what it takes to move good to great? Are you almost where you need to be but not quite there yet? Find your way to success today. Welcome to the James Stentley Show with Dr. James Stentley. We've got the tips and guidance you need to propel your success to the next level. Now, here's your host, Dr. James Stentley. And welcome back. I am excited. I'm here and you're here. It's got to be Friday. And remember, we don't think outside the box because in our world, there is no box. I want to get right into it, you guys, because I've been talking about this all week on Facebook Live and on Instagram. Uh, the incredible guest uh, that we have today, uh, I regard him as a friend and someone I have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for because of the work that he's done and, and just his story in general, but who he is as a human being. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring before you Mr. Jeff Hoffman, who is the chairman of the Global Entrepreneurship Network. He's one of the founders of Priceline.com, UBID.com. Uh, what is the other one? Um, UBID and don't say it. Don't say it. booking. Yeah, <laughs> I use that one. <laughs> but he's a philanthropist. You know, he travels the world making a difference. And I remember hearing him speak for the very first time in California and just a hearty head with a women's shelter. Phenomenal story. Maybe we'll get to it. And and then working with people in the prison. And the interesting thing about in the prison, usually people come out of prison and they're behind the curve. But when you're in there and you get someone <laughs> like Jeff that can teach you about tech, you can create the future. So now you're ahead of the curve. You can create the curve. He's doing some incredible things with his partner, uh, Pitbull. Everybody know who Pitbull is as far as uh, their grant program, Helping Entrepreneurs Soar. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you Mr. Jeff Hoffman. Jeff, how are you doing? Thank you, my brother. It's so good to be here with you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yes, yes. First of all, how's your nephew? Last time you had a your nephew got it was in an accident. Yeah, uh, he, it was literally a miracle. Maybe it was the power of prayer. We had friends that gathered outside the hospital and prayed. He was in a coma with, uh, get this, he had a, an 8% chance of even living, wow. less than 10% chance. Then when it looked like he was going to live, they said he'll be brain dead. Not only did he live and he's not brain dead, but he's home and running around again. Wow. So it was awesome. literally, the, the hospital <laughs> called him their miracle child. Thank you for asking yeah, awesome, man. We're, we were praying, so uh, congratulations to all that, man. We love stories when they works out. Well, you know what? I got a lot to talk about, man. I got to be honest because I'm such a fan of your story, and I know we're going to talk about the work. So we got a, about 50-plus a minutes here uh, on the radio and then Facebook, and we can keep going. But uh, could you don't mind, could you share with our audience, just tell them a little bit about your story. Who is Jeff Hoffman? Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> That's my least favorite part to talk about. But uh, uh, I grew up in Arizona in kind of small town, middle of nowhere in the desert. Um, single mom, four kids, uh, didn't really have anything, didn't really care. My mother was never focused on anything materialistic. But, you know, looking back later, it occurred to me. And it's important when we're mentoring people uh, that nobody ever gave me anything and I didn't have anything to start with. Um, so uh, I really thought education was my way upward and outward. And I really wanted to see the world. I, I know I've shared this story with you, but when I was in like seventh grade, uh, we had to pick a book to read for a book report. And James, I picked a Mark Twain book. And on the inside cover, Mark Twain had a quote. And the quote said, travel is the fatal enemy of prejudice. And I was up all night, man, trying to think. I, I literally thought he wrote that for me inside my copy of the book. And somehow Mark Twain knew I would read that. But it really struck me. And it struck me because it made me think, and this is especially relevant at this moment in American history, 
because it made me think about the fact that, uh, you know, racism and hatred and things like that come from ignorance, right? And ignorance comes from lack of understanding. And lack of understanding comes from only being around and knowing people that look like you. So way back then, I made a plan for my life. I said, if I ever want to be, you know, the man I want to be one day, the person I want to be one day, I'm going to have to get out of this town and I'm going to have to go break bread with people around the world who don't look like me. With, you know, families in a village with Africa, with people in the inner city in Detroit, with Muslims in an Arab nation, whatever it is, I need to go spend time with people and their families and get to know people and understand them before I make any judgment of anybody. So I made a life's goal to travel to 50 countries before I die, except then I got an engineering degree and I got a job and I traveled nowhere except to my cubicle every day and I hated my job every day, <laughs> even though I had a good salary. So the whole rest of my story, I just quit one day. Broke, unemployed, everybody's yelling at me. And I've been building companies ever since. Oh. I've been an entrepreneur. And so now it's less surprising probably that I was involved in companies like Priceline.com, Boogie.com, travel companies, because my goal in life was to go see the world. And one good way to do that is to start a travel company. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now, you always tell a story about, uh, you know, in business, you solve a problem and you feel a need. And you were at the airport in line and you missed your flight. Was that it? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, actually, that's a perfect segue because after I quit the job and everyone was yelling at me, including my mom, uh, saying, why would you quit a good paying job? Now you're broken hungry. And uh, I bought an airline ticket to go see a mentor. Right. You know, which is, uh, again, why I love spending time with you, James, because you're a mentor. Uh, people, everybody needs uh, needs help and advice. And I had someone that was willing to give it to me. I bought an airline ticket with kind of my last remaining dollars, went to the airport. Back then, you had to wait in line to check in to get a boarding pass mm -hmm. from an agent. And the line was an hour long, and I missed a flight. And now, when you miss a flight, your ticket cancels. It's really expensive. And so, I was really upset, stuck in the airport, broke, couldn't get on a plane. And I was complaining about the fact that it took one hour to get to the front of the line just to get a boarding pass. Yep. And I was standing there saying, come on, there has to be a better way, right? Because if you think about it, I said this to the airline lady, I said, we're all standing in line waiting an hour for you to hit print and hand us a piece of paper, boarding pass is a piece of paper. And she's like, next, please move. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to make a point here. And she's like, next. And I thought, there is, I'm never going to stand in an hour line long again just to get a boarding pass and check in. So I went home and that Friday I started my first company, uh, which was, again, for people that might have used a kiosk in an airport, probably anywhere in the world, to check yourself into a plane. That was my first invention. Uh, hmm. And that's what enabled me to travel, enabled me to pay my bills. And all that happened because I fixed a real problem, which is absolutely the focus. Now, you know what? I want to, we're going to segue to something else, but I want to go a little deeper on that because sometimes we have an idea of something we can fix, but we don't know how to do it. And you were an engineer in software. How did you help create that? Because you didn't have the expertise in the hardware. So how did that happen? Yeah, so that is a wonderful question too, because uh, you are, you know, you are the sum total of the people you surround yourself with, right? In every single way. Mm -hmm. The uh, That's why, you know, when, when you and I are at events together, where do we wind up? Uh, we wind up having our meals together because yep. you and I want to spend more time together. Yep. The people you surround yourself with determine the path your life is going to take. You got to get rid of the ones that don't add value, don't make you grow, don't teach you. And you got to be surrounded by people that do the opposite. 
When I used to play pickup basketball in the gym, I used to play in a game where out of 10 players, I was by far the worst. But you know why? Because I had to work harder than anyone else to get better. I didn't want to play with people that I was better than. So you've got to build that network around you. And because I always spend my time asking people, hey, tell me your story. I don't talk about me. I say, tell me your story. What are you all about? And then I make notes when they leave. So as soon as I started that company, I didn't know how to do 90% of the stuff that needed to be done. But James, I knew all the people I wanted to call because I'd already invested time in building relationships and getting to know people. So I was able to start a company immediately because I picked up the phone and I had a list of people and I started calling them. Now, I was speaking with uh, James, uh, your buddy James in, uh, in Dallas. He's in Dallas, right? Wealthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. James Wealthy. James Wealthy, I often have talks. And one thing James said, he said, everybody that Jeff's deal with, the first thing he's going to do has got to be about the relationship, period. So how important is relationship when it comes to just the quality of your life and business and whatever you're doing? What is, how, why is that so important to you? I, I, for two reasons. Let's do business first. And that's actually the less important All right. one. All right. uh, and I pretty much just summarize that. You, you will be limited by the strength of your mm-hmm. network. And so you don't build a network when you need it. You build it way before you need it. So you have it. But secondly, you don't call people only when you need things. In fact, I just have to share a quick story with you because right before this call, uh, I, I was on the phone uh, with a 25-year-old man, Todd Gurley, he played for the LA Rams, played in the Super Bowl. But uh, I gave this talk to Todd recently. And Todd, Todd was talking about his future someday after football. He's playing for the Falcons now. And I said, Todd, you manage your relationships by investing time in them when you don't need something. Take someone to lunch when they say, what do you want? Say nothing. I just wanted to spend time with you because I enjoy that. Manage your relationships. Alternate. I keep a list of people. I look through the list and say, I wonder who I haven't spoken to recently. I'll just call and say hello. You manage relationships uh, all the time. And you show people you care all the time, not just when you need something. So I was so impressed because he's getting ready to go into training camp. And he called me this morning and I said, what's up? What do you need? He said, well, nothing. He said, Mm -hmm. God said, you told me to just call people I care about when I don't need something. (laughs) That's the lesson. Now, the other side of that, Mm -hmm. business-wise, that's the business. Personally, I fundamentally believe that the quality of your life is 100% determined by the quality of the people in it. Uh, So what I love most about my life is that I've been blessed enough to have this network of people that I absolutely love. And every time I hear from certain people, people like you and Kara, I hang up the phone and I'm just smiling and oh. that's when I feel rich, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with money or things. It has yep. to do with having people that you love, that love you back, mm-hmm. that you know will be there for you, and it just makes your life. So it's that important for you to build that network of people around you because that will determine the quality of your life. Man, I totally agree. When we would go to California for the Galen Summit, we would look forward to just – seeing you and, and uh, Frank Shankowitz and certain people we just knew we were going to be there. And we got a chance to spend that time together, just being together. And it was just so, so cool and so impactful. So, yeah, I'm really thankful for, for that experience as well. So let's talk about the, um, the Global Entrepreneurship Network. Tell us what the network is, what does it do, and how, how was it created? Sure. So um, that's a big chunk of my time now as chairman of the Global Entrepreneurship Network. We actually operate Right now, we have people in 180 countries. In fact, yesterday, I spent about an hour and a half mentoring young African leaders all across Africa. We are on a giant Zoom call. 
with, with all these young Africans who want to be the next generation of their country. Mm -hmm. um, that's an example of, of what we do in the network. But let me tell you, we created it for a very simple reason. This is the mission statement. To help anybody anywhere that wants to gain economic independence and freedom by launching their own business to be able to do so. That's wow. it's as simple as that. There are, you know, James, intelligence, it turns out this, people forget this. They think in America or wherever, Americans are smarter than other people, whatever that may be. It's not true. No. <laughs> um, intelligence is equally distributed across the planet Earth. Opportunity is not. Resources mm -hmm. are not. And I learned this when I did my year of yes, when I took my year off and secretly said I'd say yes to anybody that asked me to help with anything for a year. The second call I got was a young man in West Africa in Senegal. And I had just given a speech in Silicon Valley at Stanford, supposedly the smart people, right? And uh -huh. then I flew to Senegal and I'm in a village where the houses are made out of mud, the floors are made out of dirt, there's no running water, and there's no electricity. This 19-year-old West African kid comes up to me we sit down in the dirt and he tells me the most brilliant idea I've heard all year. Not Stanford, not Silicon Valley, a 19-year-old African kid. Intelligence is equally distributed in the human race. Opportunities not. So we created the Global Entrepreneurship Network for exactly people like him to give him the resources from education, training, men mentorship, and funding. So a kid like that anywhere in the world can launch a company. And I'll just say, four years later... Uh, no, it's about five now. Um, his company employs 350 people in seven West African nations, and wow. he started it from a dirt hut with no water or electricity. Wow. Wow. That's all. Now, have you ever been there? You've been to Cameroon? Is that it? Uh, yes, I have. One time. And I actually, so mm -hmm. funny you brought it up, I did a talk to entrepreneurs in Cameroon two weeks ago. You know, the reason I brought it up is so interesting because um, – I just had lunch two days ago with a bishop that came in from Cameroon and he joined uh, our network marketing uh, enterprise that we did. And he's showing me this, all his plans. He had a beautiful blueprint. It made so much sense. And he came here trying to find people that would help him in Cameroon. And I said, well, I don't know. I know people, but let me just fill it out. Usually something pops up and tells me that. So I don't know, but let's just give me, give me something to think about there. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, but yes, I do know people in Cameroon. And after the show, let's talk. We can connect him. Oh, absolutely. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Wow. Okay. So the network. So you're busy doing that. What, tell us some more stories, man. I, you know, I want to just cut you <laughs> loose because when you get on that stage, man, I, we learn so much. So I don't want to hold you up. So we got about two minutes. We're going to go to the commercial and we'll come back. But go ahead and uh, just let loose. Share with us what's going on. How can we participate? How can we help? make this world better in a time where people have all this anxiety? Yeah, so let me answer that first. And after the break, we can talk more about what's going on because yeah. what we need to do is reach out. You, This is a time more than ever that you need to go to see if there's a neighborhood directory or a school directory that has email addresses, phone numbers for the people that live around you and reach out. You should be calling people you've never spoken to before. If you're in business, even your competitors and say, at this moment in time with the COVID pandemic, the racial injustice pandemic, and I said on national TV on the news the other day, the small business failure is another pandemic in its own. They're all shutting down right now. These are tough times. And these are mm -hmm. times where you need to reach out and take somebody's hand and yep. give them a pull forward. So I'm asking people everywhere. 
to call someone you've never spoken to before in your neighborhood or walk around and leave a flyer on the front doorstep so it's no contact. Ask people how you can help, how they are doing, how they and their family are getting by or their business and, and reach out. We have been doing a lot of that. And after the break, I'd love to tell you about the uh, cash grant program we've been doing to small businesses and families to try to help out during this time. Absolutely. Um, it's just critical right now that, that we, yeah. we, we are all one human family. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we in our nonprofit, we, uh, and you know, we never got any funding, everything we do. We just, you know, we try, we try to get a couple of grants. We spent all this money. I said, we could have took that money and just gave it to the people. <laughs> so we just write the check for the most part. And we're dealing with these and deal with children. We help the kids write their books. The ones that did took them to Disney. We paid for their eight week program through the summer to keep them safe, educate them, make it fun, give them great experiences. And, um, and then when this year, uh, we reached out to a, a pastor and say, who do you have in a church that's hungry? Do we have any seniors that are hurting? Because people couldn't get help. There and you go. Yeah. And I remember being homeless and my mom raised four kids at a grocery store in a day in the dentist's office at night. Uh, but it's just such an honor to be able to be in a position to be able to give back and to help and to serve and encourage other people to do it, to, to raise up, man, so we can help even more people. Absolutely. You know, one thing people can do is call the school in your neighborhood, ask them if they have a list of the families whose children's only meal most days was the free school lunch program and see if maybe you can provide food to the families whose kids were not eating except at school every day. They are Mm -hmm. in every neighborhood and no one even thinks about them. We went to local restaurants and asked them to start delivering any extra food to the school. and We asked the school to call those families and come by and pick it up. There's something everybody that's listening to the show could be doing where they live. Outstanding. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back with Jeff Hoffman. You guys got a lot of notes. Let the stuff soak in. Write it down because we're going to take action at the end of the show. All right. We'll be right back with Jeff Hoffman. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com As we continue on life's journey, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Senior Straight Talk with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a purposeful and passionate, fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the information that you need to hear to make it happen. Listen on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platform. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel find out what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel voice america empowerment.com you're tuned in to the james stentley show We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. 
drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. This segment is brought to you by Total Life Changes, <laughs> the Detox All Natural Ayaso Detox Tea. At the end of the show, uh, just inbox us and, and we'll tell you exactly how you can get your free samples. Kara, say hi. Hello, everyone. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Kara. Big hugs. Big virtual yes. hugs. <laughs> we were just talking about how you go up and down the street and talk to everybody. <laughs> so, so we're friends. She told me when we moved in this community, I'd be the mayor one day. I said, no. <laughs> Big <laughs> <hug>. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Yep. Just wanted to come say hi. Okay. You staying? All right. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. All right. There you go. All right, Jeff. She's so beautiful. She distracts me every time she's running. I go, oh, no. Okay, focus. <laughs> I'll leave the show next to you. It'll just be the Jeff show. Okay. We were talking about uh, how we can make a difference, and we we're going to go deeper into um, um, uh, this network you're doing and how can we all participate. So let's just go with what's inside of you that you want to get out and you want us to know that we can help make it better, <clears throat> make us better. So let me just first uh, mention our grant program because there may yeah. be listeners that even want to apply. Um, we got data about the fact that, you know, the government, I'm talking about small business owners in America and entrepreneurs, anybody that owns a small business. Um, we got data that, so the government created the PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, right? Government uh, money for small businesses. And then we got data and the data said that 91% of Black-owned businesses were rejected, did not get that money. 91% of Latino-owned businesses. So minority-owned businesses, people of color, are not getting saved by that money. So we decided to put together our own program, and this is what we've been doing. Uh, we've been giving out $10,000 cash grants. They're not a loan like the government program. It's just cash. And it's not government money. It's just private money that we're giving out. Um, to try to help the people that need help the most and with a special focus on minority-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of you might have seen on television because my good friend and business partner, Pitbull, the, the rapper, the singer, Pitbull has been uh, doing that program with me. Um, but if you need help, you can apply for $10,000 cash from us. It's COVID19businesscenter.com. So you just go to COVID19businesscenter.com, no spaces or dashes or anything, just spelled out one word. Um, so that, that, James, is one uh, program that we've been really heavily focused on, putting a lot of time into lately, uh, because we are responsible for our neighbors. What about financial education? Um, you know, money in itself, right now we're in a cold red, people need assistance. But as yes. we move forward, um, how important is financial education? And, and so I, I'm so glad you brought that up, because part of the reason that many of these, and especially minority-owned businesses, were not able to survive this time was that a lot of them have just never been taught the proper financial management skills. It was never offered to them. No one ever gave them a chance to learn financial management. So even though they had a business uh, that was cash flowing, they didn't have all the help they needed to manage their cash flow better. Financial literacy is very skewed. Uh, it's taught real well to the people that need it least, and it's not taught much at all uh, to the people that really need it. We have to fix that problem. Part of what we're offering in our program, by the way, is mentorship as well. It not only is, is financial literacy important that we teach in every community because it's not getting there, but we notice another thing. This is really interesting. 
especially we looked at, again, Latino-owned and Black-owned businesses, they tend not to scale. They tend to own one restaurant, one barbershop, one whatever their business is, and they don't scale because they haven't been taught how. Mm-hmm. So we need to teach better financial literacy. We need to teach the, the business practices of growing and scaling businesses uh, to help people out more. I've, I've only ever written one book, but the book I wrote was called Scale. Scale. I'm trying to teach people how to take their one business and grow mm-hmm. it into a lot more locations and a bigger business. We, we need to be there for people. Yeah, and I love that book as well. And I, we were talking to say Scale. Okay, I get it. Um, for all, everyone who's listening or you're on social media, if you respond on social media with the word scale, uh, I'm going to give the first 25 people, give, get you a free book for that. And I'm going to pay for that book and I'll get that book to you. First 25 people to type in scale and I'll respond to you and get your information and we'll get that book mailed out. Okay. It's very, very important and very impactful book. Perfect. Perfect. Now, you have any stories about people uh, like you got the kid in Africa? What else has been going on? I know you did. Um, um, I like the story about the, uh, the women's shelter. Yeah, so, you know, that's about uh, why is it so important to run, especially when I was raised to not care about money or things? Why is it important then uh, to teach people how to run a profitable business? And I'll share that story quickly here, but um, I was just very blessed. I mentioned those uh, airport kiosks. You guys see them in kiosks all over the world. This is way before there was a price line or anything, but um, I was able to sell the company and make millions of dollars when I was in my 20s. Never my goal, not what I dreamed of. And I hit a point watching a lot of people in the world struggle that I actually felt guilty, James, because I had been success. I was successful and one set of problems, the ones related to money, were not on my plate anymore while a lot of people were struggling. And I was feeling guilty and bad about making money. And one day I was watching the news and there was a shelter for abused women in my community that was being shut down. All the women on TV were crying because they hadn't paid their mortgage in four months. And the two abused women who bought the house to shelter other abused women, because the reason most women get continually abused is because they have nowhere to go. They can't leave because they have nowhere to go. So they bought a house just to give a place to go for women who needed to get out of an abusive relationship with no money. Uh, But they ran out of money. I was watching it on the news and I thought, well, I'll tell you what happened. I was watching the news and I was thinking what everybody listening here thinks when you see a problem where you live. I was thinking, man, they should help those women. They should help those women. They should feed those people. Actually, just yesterday, we delivered shoes to a kind of an entire village in Uganda. Instead of saying they should get shoes on those kids' feet, it's because what happened was when I was watching this shelter and thinking they should help those women, I turned, I stood up and I, I thought this. If everybody that sees a problem in your neighborhood says, man, they should fix that, who's fixing it? Nobody, because we're all just standing there saying they should do it. So I got up and I wrote the four most important words on my life in the board, on the board, which are this, there is no they, it's you. There is no they, they're not going to help those women. They're not going to feed those kids. It's you. If you don't do it, assume nobody was. So that day, I literally got the info from the TV station, went to the bank, went to that house and was able to pay for that home for abused women. In fact, I added security and babysitting and uh, educational modules there. I never once again felt bad in my life about making money. There's no shame in life in making money. The shame in life is in not using it to help others. And that night, last thing on the news, these all women were crying and the news reporter said, what happened? I did this anonymously. 
the woman said, some guy just came in here and, and saved the house and, and saved the woman. And she said, it was a miracle. And I wrote something else on the board. Your success is someone else's miracle. Yeah. So you gotta remember that. The harder yes. you work, the more money you make, the more miracles you can create for people who would be in big trouble without you. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I wanted you to, to tell that story because that story inspired me to even want to do more and to be more conscious of that. And there is no they, and I'm very prayerful that it inspires someone, anyone, if you're inspired by that as well, uh, if it's possible in, in life, it's possible in your life, your life as well. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. And I would love to hear, uh, my email is really easy. It's just Jeff at jeffhoffman.com. If you are inspired, I'd love to hear some of the things you guys are doing too. Yeah, perfect, perfect. All right, so what's next? I want to turn it over to you, man. you got so many things going on. Tell, oh, and I just do want to talk about, maybe we can go into what are some of the keys, the foundational keys to creating success in business um, and, and preparing yourself to scale. Sure. So we hit one of the biggest ones already, which is people. Um, you will never scale until you can get out of your own way. You will never scale until you can let go. And you can't let go until you empower and trust people. And you can't empower and trust people until you go out and surround yourself with people smarter than you. So one of the biggest keys to success is stop thinking you're so smart just because you're the CEO or the boss and realize that you need to find people, you need to surround yourself with people smarter than you. But guess what? That takes work because those people aren't looking for jobs. They're not going to respond to your job post. They're not going to wander into your office. So you know what I do, James? I schedule days in the month where I'm not in my office. I tell the team, if you need me, don't call me because I am talent hunting today. I go out mm. in the world and I hunt down amazing people and try to talk them into joining my team. <laughs> you have to put effort into finding the most amazing people in the world by going out to them wherever they are, talking to them and trying to talk them into being part of your team. So that's the first part. And then, by the way, when you get back, get out of the way. Let people smarter than you be smarter than you. Let them make their own mistakes and let them show you a better way to do it than the way you were doing it anyway. That's a huge key. So what it is, is it's the servant leadership model. They don't work for me. I work for them. My job is to find the best people in the industry and then build a company where they feel so valued, appreciated, and loved that they never want to leave. I've had people that work for me for four companies in a row because I spent all my time taking care of them, not running the business myself. That's probably the biggest one. I'll just do one other one, which we already covered, which is solve a real problem in the world. So many people come up to me and they say, here, what do you think of this? And I say, what is this? And they say, well, that's our product. That's our idea. And I was like, well, who's going to buy that? And they're like, well, hopefully somebody. You invent something, you put it out in the world, and you try to convince people to buy it. Or you can do what I did when I, when I was standing in the airport. Next time you hear yourself complaining about a real problem in the world, stop and say, I ain't going home till this one's fixed. I got this one. Uh, some of my most successful friends, a friend of mine, Lars, got tired of being lost all the time. So he created Google Maps, not Google he created Google Maps. Google bought it from him, by the way, for a cool $1.1 billion. <laughs> nice. But he made it because he was tired of being lost. Another friend of mine um, was tired of, not, of, hear, of hearing songs he hated. He wanted to hear songs he might like, so he wrote some cold. That product's called Pandora. He created mm -hmm. that because he wanted to hear a song. Solve a real problem. 
Yeah. That's the second piece of getting yourself ready to scale because you need a problem that the whole world wants a solution to anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you've done so many things about how did you get involved in entertainment? You were what now I can never remember. Was it NSYNC or what was the Backstreet Boys? All, all of those. Yeah, we uh, uh, wow. I, I just music and entertainment is my passion. In fact, we were very blessed last night. We released the second episode uh, of our new TV show called Success in Your City. Uh, wow. You guys can just Google that. But uh, mm. we won an Emmy uh, wow. for that last year. We won an Emmy Award, and we're addressing what James and I are talking about here. What does success mean in 2020 and beyond? Mm. What's the new definition of success? So we've been producing television. Mm. I got into music just because music's my passion, and I needed a little break from technology. But at the time, <clears throat> we were doing the business side of music, because I can't sing, I can't play an instrument, and trust me, you do not want to see me attempt to dance. Um, but I can run a business, so we launched a music business, and we did concerts and tours with everybody from NSYNC to Backstreet, to Britney Spears, Backstreet, Elton John. We did a little Beyonce in there, stuff like that. Uh, so I took some time. We actually produced a jazz album, and we won a Grammy uh, for the music that we produced as well. But I applied the same principles. I surrounded myself with people in the music industry that were way more talented than me, and then I took care of them, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we, we focused on a market that we could really serve by talking a lot to customers. The same way we talked about Kara talking to all the neighbors, uh, we went out, got out of our office, and talked to all our customers and said, what would you listen to? What movie would you see? And we spent a lot of time out of our office, and I think that's why our entertainment ventures were successful. Yeah, outstanding, outstanding. Now, um, I was going to talk about uh, challenges. Uh, of course, there's challenges in life. Jim Rohn said it's never the blowing of the wind. It's the set of the sail. The wind is going to blow on us all. Um, when you face challenges, can you talk about some challenges, maybe some of the people you work with experience, and really how do they over overcome the challenges in life? Because a lot of people get stuck and they run or, or they, they, they say that, well, it's not for me because this happened instead of working yes. through it. Yeah. A lot of times it feels like people were almost looking for the out, right? Yeah. When something yeah. bad happens and, and they, they quit, it's like they almost feel justified. Um, I have to tell you, every one of us faces those challenges. We just have different kinds in our lives, right? As you move through your life, your challenges and your failures will always be there. They'll just be in different places than they used to be. Um, so you have to always deal with that. One of the things I always do is I kind of close my eyes and I map out the alternative. If, for example, when I was starting my very first company, everybody said doing a startup, being an entrepreneur, starting your own company with, you know, the last bit of money you have is extremely risky. What if you fail? <laughs> so I took out a pencil and I wrote down, what would my life look like if I fail? What would my situation be? Worst case scenario. And so I wrote that down. Okay, now I'm broke. You know, I wrote down the list of what my life would look like if I failed. But then I went through the steps. And I said, what if I didn't try this? What if I didn't go down this path? If I didn't take the risk, what would my life look like? And the last thing, I hated my job every day. And my boss was horrible. And the last thing he said to me was, I know you're going to come back here begging for a job again when you fail, but don't come begging to me because I'm just waiting for that moment to tell you no. So I wrote that down too. And you know what? When I was having a really bad moment, I would think about the alternative. And I think, you know what, this is scary and risky right now, but it's way better than crawling back to that, man. I ain't doing that <laughs> now forever. So look at, write out the worst case. 
And I said, hey, the worst case is not failing at this business. I'll survive. The worst case would be if I had to go backwards to a life I don't ever want to experience again. That's kind of how I would deal with it. But the truth is, the entrepreneur of DNAs is you shake it off. I used to tell my team, because we failed, we had some bad ideas. I would say, we'd shut the doors on Friday, let's say, and I would tell them, you can have Saturday off to cry. You can have Sunday off to pray, drink wine, uh, you know, go meditate, whatever you want to do. But Monday morning, shake it off. I'm going to try something else. Take a couple of days, get it out of your system, shake it off, and let's come back stronger the next time. Amen, amen. What a great outlook. You know, we got about 90 seconds before this commercial break. But I'm trying to think, this is like five years ago. And usually my memory is so on point. I, well, hopefully it was you that was on stage and you were saying that you get your team together every now and again and you just ask them to look around at everything they see and ask them and try to figure out, like, like your five-year-olds and how can you make yes. things better. That was you. Ah, I'm good. That was me. <laughs> yes. I remember the room. I remember the stage. I remember the moment. When we come back, uh, you know, I, I, when you said these things, when, when I hear things that are impactful, I execute right away. I don't procrastinate awesome. with ideas because I, I need the spirit and the energy that went with those words that came out as well. So uh, we're going to take another short break. What, what, I got 30 seconds. We're going to take a short break and maybe we can talk about that and play with that. Okay. I'll, great I'll, ideas. I'll tell people the five-year-old drill. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right. All right. So we got about another 15 seconds, but we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back with uh, Jeff Hoffman. Guys, I want you to please share this, share this out because, uh, you know, it's still out there and it's going to be there. But share it out with as many people as you can. And uh, and uh, if you really like what, you, what you've been hearing and seeing, I want you to type into the feed. Say, hey, I, we like Jeff. We like Jeff Hoffman. <laughs> I like Jeff Hoffman. I want to be Jeff Hoffman. I like Jeff because I like Jeff. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red Set. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. 
live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to The James Stentley Show. We'd love to hear from you via email with questions and comments. Drop us a line to JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Again, that's JD at the James Dentley Show.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back. We're here with uh, Jeff Hoffman. And you guys have been tuning in. I know you're getting some amazing information and powerful and impactful. And we were talking about the, some of the tools that you've used to and things you've used to spur the imagination, whatever one can believe and conceive they can achieve. But first of all, everything happens twice, mental and physical, inner, outer, thought, and then things. So let's talk about the five-year-old story. And uh, that's, I like that one. I want to take sure. some notes. Uh, yeah, so it was uh, uh, babysitting my five-year-old niece uh, for the mm-hmm. day and uh, was going to stay home and realized that I had left something at the office. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had uh, said to her, we got to run up to the office uh, just for a minute. And five-year-old, this is what's important. Five-year-olds, everything you say to a five-year-old is why. Put your shoes on why, because we have to go in the car, why, because we have to go to the store, why, because we need food, why, because we have to eat, why, right? Everything you say to a five-year-old is why. Mm -hmm. And when I uh, brought the five-year-old, we ran into the office. As soon as we walked in, like there were these two machines uh, that were on a table right in our lobby, right? When you walk in, you walk past them. And she goes, what are those and why do you have two of them? And I glanced over there. I, I just kept shoving her along. She'd been asking me mm-hmm. questions the whole drive, right? Tapping on the window of the car and saying, how do they make glass? All these questions I couldn't answer. Yeah. And she's, you know, somebody's printing a big printout. She said, why are you printing that? Why do you have to print that? Someone else is on the phone. And she said, why is she on the phone all the time? Everything in the office she was questioning. And when she went in the conference room, James, I went back out and I looked at those two machines, the first question she asked. And I realized I own this company. Right? I'm the CEO, and I have no idea what those machines are. But she wow. said, what are those, and why do you have two of them? And I work here every day. So I call my office manager, and I call her over, and I say, uh, what is that machine, and why do we have two of them? And she goes, I don't know, boss. They've been here since you hired me. I was like, what do you mean you don't know? You're the office manager. She said, you're the owner, and you don't know. And I said, go find out. She came back later and said, no one knows what those machines are. I was like, we all walk past them every day. And she said, well, apparently you're the first person to question it. So mm-hmm. I call my CFO. And I say, figure this out. 30 minutes later, he comes back, James. He says, I have good news and bad news. And I said, what's the good news? He said, I know what those machines are. I said, what? He said, Jeff, in the days before PowerPoint was invented, mm. we used to print our presentations. Those are spiral binders. Oh, Just wow. Those twirly things, the spiral bind presentations. Mm-hmm. I said, what's the bad news? He said, yeah, man, we have those on a lease. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> I was sitting there laughing. I said, all right. I called all my employees. I said, all right, Friday is five-year-old day. They said, what does that mean? I said, everybody come to work and pretend you're five. I said, I want you to go around and question everything you see and everything we do. And if we can't answer it, get it out of here. If we don't know why we're printing something, stop printing it. If we don't know why this machine is here, get it out of here. I swear, James, we must have had a 40% increase in productivity So we turn that into a twice a year exercise for once or twice a year. And I challenge our listeners to do that once or twice a year. We call it five-year-old day and everybody comes in the office and it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And we question everything we do every day. And the reason we do it, if we can't answer it, we just stop doing it. You yeah. get so used to the things you see every day that, that you 
completely stop questioning them. And that is not the way to achieve excellence. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's time to be a five-year-old guys and start questioning everything around us. You know, during the pandemic, I've, I've, I've gotten to um, buying things on infomercial and my wife is with that five-year-old. Why? Why? <laughs> well, she doesn't sound like a five-year-old when she says it. Uh, that was good. <laughs> Great stuff. Do me a favor, you guys. Please inbox your, your mailing address or your email address um, and your information to receive your copy of the book Scale. And we're going to get the first 25 people that respond. We're going to get that book out to you. Uh, Scale by Jeff Hoffman. <laughs> you came back. Do you have something you want to ask? Oh, I just Sister? love that story. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just love that story. He was surprised that I remembered yeah. the day when we were there uh, and when he spoke that day. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. You I mean, do remember everything. <laughs> yeah, every every time he tells a story, we always remember it. Yeah, it's, just, it's memorable. Yeah. You know? it's so the speaking. When did you start speaking? Were you? Did you always feel comfortable speaking on the stage, or did you like most people a little antsy? Well, so yes and no. Here's the thing, right? I wish I'd had somebody like you to teach speaking, mm-hmm. uh, because I never had any speaker training, and it was never a goal for me to be a speaker. What happened was. I was always in technology, and this is part of, you know, keys to success for entrepreneurs, right? It's, it's, a, it's kind of a talk that I give or a class that I teach. Uh, one of the, that is um, one of the things that we talk about is my, my info sponging technique uh, for trying to spot trends before anyone else around you sees them. Wow. So since we've always been focused and trying to see what's coming before anyone else sees it, we were always early in business. So we were always developing technology that no one understood yet. So mm-hmm. I always wound up on a stage of one sort of another uh, with people saying, wait, explain how this works again. Early on after the kiosks, uh, we created the original, the first technology in the travel industry and in the world that enabled you to book your own travel without calling a travel agent. But no one mm-hmm. understood how it worked. So I was always on a stage somewhere because people would say, how could a consumer who's not a trained travel agent, possibly book their own hotel room. They don't know how to do booking. How does this work? So as an example, and they would always call and say, Jeff, just go up on stage and explain it at the event, at the conference, at the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or CNN or somebody or Fox would call and say, can you explain what's going on in the travel industry? So I stumbled into speaking. But later, I'll just share this quickly. Um, One day, this is a funny story, because I was Mm -hmm. being, they, they sent a limo to pick me up to give a speech in New York. And the limo driver who I was chatting with said to me, sorry, we're, and I said, am I bothering you? He said, no, we're not allowed to talk to clients. I said, that's just kind of a stupid rule if it's okay with the client. And he said, because what bothered me, what was the fundamental thing there? The fundamental thing there was the client was some level of important person and you were, quote, just the driver. That bothered me. I said, that's a load of crap. Let's talk. Tell me about your family. Or Anyway, I invited the driver in. And he said, you're inviting me to your speech? I said, of course. He said, usually we just have to sit outside for three hours. I said, well, you don't need a ticket. I'm the keynote speaker. Just come in with me. So I gave a speech on how to launch a business and grow it. Four years later, I was giving another talk, and there was a man in the suit in the front row looking really fine. And he stood up and he said, I own a transportation company. We have 11 locations, 26 cars, 50 employees. We're doing X million a year. And he said, I just want you to know something in front of all these people live. I said, what? And he said, you changed my life. He said, I own a successful company because I stat- sat there that day and took notes. That changed everything for me because it occurred to me 
But if I went on stage, maybe I could help somebody make yeah. their life better by yes. sharing what I know. So yes. speaking isn't my goal, but trying to share anything I've ever figured out how to do so that other people could figure out how to do it for their lives and their families, mm -hmm. that's what speaking means to me. So I'm comfortable yeah. with it, James, because somebody said, are you a speaker? I said, no, I just go up there and talk about stuff. I don't really, I'm not really a speaker. Oh. <laughs> I'm just the guy that talks on the stage. <laughs> but I do like it. Well, you know, that was just right on point. I tell people all the time when people are nervous and have anxiety about speaking, that's because it's, you're making it all about you. You're worrying about if you're going to sound okay, how you're going to look, how you're going to come off. It's never about you. You're never, the speaker is not the star. The audience is the star. The speaker is the director. And that yeah. director's function is to help the stars win an award to achieve their goals and dreams. James, <laughs> I hope many people take your speaker camp. Yeah. Uh, because I love watching you speak and you and I completely agree on what it's about. I was giving a, a talk last week and I told people, give the talk the audience wants to hear, not the talk you want to give. Yeah. Because I said to somebody, you're giving the speech you want to give. He said, of course, that's what I'm here to do. I said, no, you're here to give the talk the audience wants to hear, not yeah. the speech that you want to give. And that is actually a big difference. Yeah. You, you know, I, we were in Dominican Republic and I was going to speak. I think it was like 800 people there and everybody had a uh, translator on and, and because nobody spoke English and uh, except for the, the host. And they asked me, uh, they said, what do you want to talk about? I said, well, what do you think your team needs to hear? What do they need to hear? What are you struggling at? What's your goals? What do you want to achieve? And they said they really want people to be able to push through the adversity. And um, I was a big student of Og Mandino and David Blanchard. And I went up there immediately and did a speech on you would persist. We shall persist until we succeed. Standing ovation, 12,000 views in less than two days before I can get to social media. It was already out there. The most impactful speech because you're speaking into the hearts and the minds and the, to, the, to the nervous system. Uh, people okay, feeling very authentic go. way. Yeah, perfect. That's awesome. Woo. Man, it almost made me forget my question I was going to ask you. <laughs> I know you were going to be here for we, – we were going to have the business accelerator on June 26th. We had to cancel it. We wanted to make sure – People are safe and we're not going to open up and do any live events until we know that we can keep people safe around the board. But we're going to put together a virtual event. We're looking at the latter part of October and hopefully, Jeff, we can have you be a part yes. of that uh, program, Business Accelerator 2020. But the masterminds, are you still doing, are you doing any virtual masterminds or anything like that? Yep. Just starting those. In fact, wow. announce, uh, going to announce them in the next couple of days. So, yeah, a lot of people have asked if we could still do masterminds and just do them virtually and I'll have that on uh, out on my, uh, I'll send it to you, James, but we'll okay. be uh, putting that out next week on social media. All right. Perfect. We're going to get that out to each and every one of you guys, because I want you to know that if you want to be mentored, if you want to get the information and sometimes just take something very, very small that can trigger you and put you in a direction on path and purpose. And you, just, you know, most of the things that throw us off, they're really small things. So in challenges, <laughs> Uh, what would you tell someone if they if they have a, uh, some challenges or they have, uh, let's just say somebody wants to invest in themselves and they say, well, I don't have the money. What do you say? Well, uh, the, you know, there's, there's some silver linings. Despite all the bad parts of COVID, there are some silver linings, um, which is not only do you have more time at home and are you online more time than you used to be, but there's more free content to better yourself than there's ever been before. Yes. Um, so even if you don't have the money, 
You should make a list of ways you want to improve yourself, skills you want to learn, knowledge you want to acquire, and go online and find it. Uh, because when you have this time when you're at home, you know, with school's about to start while your kids are doing their online yeah. class, you should be online taking a class of your own. Uh, yeah. Since you're going to stay around and help them anyway. There is so many ways to improve yourself mm -hmm. with content that no longer costs money. And the other way is peer-to-peer, -peer, right? It is, you know, as we've been talking about, um, learn from each other, reach out on a network uh, and find people that know the things you don't and offer. Uh, it, it can't be one way. Say, yeah, I really would love to understand this better if I could have some time and what is it could I, I could share back to you in return. But the knowledge is out there and every, everything doesn't cost money. Yeah, absolutely. And I've always I've seen so many people create a business or create a money by solving a need. We were we were looking through a uh, through a, an ad that came through a, through our uh, ad envelope that Kara never throws away any ad envelopes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we just got a puppy, a German Shepherd. He's five months old. And um, I got tired of picking up poop in the yard because I hurt my hip. And, uh, my, and my knee, everything, I'm, I'm walking around pretty good now. But I got tired of saying, look, I'm, I'm spending too much time picking up poop out of the yard. So he had a business called the Poop Doctor. Is that it? Uh, that's yes, that's a the business. Poop, no, the Poop Butler. The Poop Butler. The poop Butler. Yeah. And the Poop Butler comes around twice a week and picks up poop. And I, I mean, he's got a business. You know, so you can create a business if you solve a problem and fill a need. Solve a problem that somebody <laughs> has. You got it. Sometimes it's things, but... By the way, there's another lesson there uh -huh. for our viewers to learn. If your dog poops a lot, just tell the family your hip hurts and someone else will have to pick it up. <laughs> well, I had to get the poop butler because my wife only <laughs> fell for that twice. <laughs> there Hilarious. is always a problem someone needs help with that you can launch a business around. There really is. Yeah. When I was a kid, you carry groceries, shovel snow, you can rake leaves. We go to the grocery store and carry bags for people for a quarter and a dime. You know, you can you can find a way to create, solve a problem and fill a need. Well, we got one minute left on the air. Do you have any other closing thoughts, sir? Um, you know, I think we covered a lot. I mean, you know, you and I could always talk forever, and especially with Kara there. Uh, yep. Too bad we're not in our usual booth in the cafe where we usually sit not in <laughs> L.A., but um Anyway, uh, I, I think we said it. The most important thing about this times is take the time to improve yourself and take the time to reach out in your local community and make a difference from somebody. A lot of people are hurting. They might be two houses down from you and you don't even know it. Reach out uh, to people and find ways you can do something and let's all get through this time together. And also they can go to uh, COVID19businesscenter.com. Yes, and apply for a $10,000 cash grant. You can reach yeah. us there. Yeah, and apply for a $10,000 cash grant. Well, Jeff, thank you so much, man. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we're so honored to, because the great thing about you, man, you're always striving to how can I help more people? And that's just so cool. And it just changed our life just to be able to be in that space and that we could do things together. Thank you, guys. You know I love you both. Thank you for love having you me. Too, Jeff. You got it. I'm going to call you about a little later if you're free, freed up, and we'll clean up a couple of things that we were talking about early. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to each and every one of you all, Jeff Hoffman. Uh, you're going to hear from us when we're doing our Business Accelerator 2020 virtual event online. Hey, Jeff will be our special guest. You'll have an hour unleashed, and he'll just go ahead and talk and deep-sea dive on how to start and grow businesses and help you take your life and just turn it into magic because we have to help more people.
So thank you, guys. This concludes our show. Remember, we don't think outside the box because in our world, there is no box. And if there's no box, there's only possibility. We love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next Friday with Brian Smith, the founder of Ugg Boots, will be here with us. And, Jeff, thank you again, sir. And, by the way, Brian, Brian told me I have to come behind Jeff. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love Brian is a Thank you for listening to The James Dentley Show. Be sure to join James for another inspiring show next Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here next week.